0: Welcome to Open Source News. I am your brother. My name is James, a.k.a. BCP, Black Sort of Patriot. Big hug to all of y'all. Let's start off with some news. I'm going to name this episode. Meanwhile, there's a lot of news that hasn't been covered as the news has been dominated by the Speaker of the House and the 15 votes to get that settled. We're just going to put that aside because so much news came out Over the weekend, on January 6th, that was swept under the rug, was underreported, and that you probably missed or didn't get the full details on because of the drama, if you will, in the House of Representatives. We will get back to that topic in the next episode. Meanwhile, here's all the news, well, not all the news, but lots of important news that you missed. For instance, were you aware that Lieutenant General Flynn is back? That we got new information on Ashley Babbitt's murderer, that Alex Jones, lawyer, is getting screwed over royally, as is one of the January 6th defendants, and that Jen Psaki is getting off scot-free, plus a lot more news. So let's get into it. Let's start off with a follow-up on a story from the other day I reported to you. Let me just bring you up to speed. By the way, please like, share, and subscribe. And don't forget to check out our other shows. Links to everything are down below. Donald Trump vowed to wage war on the drug cartels and fight them like ISIS when he starts his second term when he wins in 2024. I was going to say something more than that, but I'll just leave it at that. He issued this new policy on the drug cartels on Thursday, and I reported on this on on this on Thursday, and he said that uh, he was tired of the open border policies of Biden that have obviously strengthened China to weaken us with fentanyl and also given power to the drug cartels. Now I'm bringing you up to speed on that one because we have some more information coming out over the weekend on what happened in the Mexican authorities' raid to arrest the son of. El Chapo Guzman, the big drug cartel kingpin warlord. There were 29 killed. And unfortunately, 10 of those were military personnel. 19 were suspected gang members. This thing was so harrowing that they closed down the local airport and airports in the area. I can't show you the video, but there's a video of people flying an Aro Mexico flight to Mexico City. And they literally are hunkered down. There's a baby crying because there were shots fired at that plane. The cartels were trying to stop planes from leaving because they didn't know what plane may have been used to take away their boss. In a blow-by-blow description of the operation to detain Ovidio Guzman Lopez, Defense Secretary Luis Crescencio Sandoval said that the cartel gunmen opened fire on troops with a half dozen 50-cal machine guns, 50-caliber machine guns. That's some serious firepower for drug cartels against the army, against the military in a country with very strict and strong gun control policies. Which, by the way, we can thank Obama and Eric Holder for the gun running of Fast and Furious. That also supplied them with some machinery. The Mexican army was forced to call in Black Hawk helicopters to target over two dozen cartel vehicles, including trucks mounted with gun platforms. The cartel members managed to down two of the military aircraft, causing a significant number of impacts in both aircrafts. Aeromexico told Reuters that nobody in the flight was hurt. The airport in Culiacán closed shortly after the incident and dozens of flights were canceled while security forces patrolled the city. That's why President Trump said uh, that's the follow-up to the slight, the, just a little bit of news that we got that we didn't know if if El Chapo's son had been killed or captured. It looks like he's been captured, and that's why President Trump says that when he is president, he's going to declare war on the cartels and he's going to treat them like ISIS, and he's going to do things like U.S. use U.S. special forces and use naval blockades to block the cartels. Unfortunately, we're going to have to wait several years for that to happen. It's a great plan by President Trump. There's another thing that we're going to have to wait several years for it to happen, and that is for the crazy inflation that we're experiencing to get under control. Katherine Herrick, she used to be over at Fox and is now at CBS. And I mention that every single time because even though it's been, I don't know, two or three years now that she's over at CBS, she did such great work at Fox. I just associated her with Fox. It's like it's not quite as if Tarko Carlson were now on, let's say, ABC or NBC or CBS. But in my mind, I just Catherine Herridge was just part of Fox was so long in my mind. I know I say that and it's old news. Forgive me. But Katherine Herridge had on Michael uh, Gapin, he is the uh, chief economist for Bank of America. Now, I'm biased. I started my banking career at Bank of America. And I think uh, Bank of America and Wells Fargo, for the most part, have really good chief economists that are pretty good at reporting and forecasting what's going to happen in the economy. And this is what he had to say about inflation. Once again, I am pretty biased having started my banking career with Bank of America I was in retail management with Wells Fargo, and a few years ago, I retired completely from banking. I was a vice president of an FDIC-insured bank, but this is what he had to say, folks. We're in for a long haul. So let's take that a step further. The Federal Reserve Chair wants to see inflation at 2%. How long will that take to get there, and what will it take to get there? Yeah, that's a great question. Most of us in the kind of the economics forecasting world think that that's probably a two to three year uh, path. A two to three year path. Funny how that seems to coincide with when we would have President Trump back in the Oval Office, isn't it? Hmm. Two to three years before inflation is back under control that we're probably past peak inflation right now in terms of year-on-year rates of inflation. Those should start coming down more clearly over the course of 2023. Uh, But it will probably take two years, if not three years, to get inflation back down to the Fed's desired 2% levels. Two to three years. So maybe it won't be... Now, the true number, who knows what it is, I've read reports 13%, 11%. I think they're still saying 10%-ish. So it might be 10% or last year, and it might only be like 8.8% in 2023 and 6% in 2024 and maybe down to 2% in 2025. By that time, how many people will have lost their homes, have their cars repossessed, or have to get three to four families together living in one place because the astronomical cost of fuel, energy, and housing. Of course, that's all by design by BlackRock and other organizations scoop up a whole bunch of homes. And once again, like 2008, we're going to see a lot of owners turn to renters because you will own nothing and be happy. Here's some good news, though. As far as the power of indoctrination, it's getting somewhat diminished between 2020 and 2021 almost 2 million students stopped attending propaganda institutions known as public schools. And charter schools enrollment uh, enrollments rose during this time. The hill is reporting almost 2 million students stopped attending public schools between 2021 enrollment data shows in a recent poll from education next district operative schools lost 4% of their students during the two years. In 2020, 81% of school children were in district schools. By November of 2020, that was down to 72%. And this is actually causing some school districts to shut down their schools. This is great, folks. This is great that the indoctrination institutions, known as public schools, are losing their grasp on American children. Of which we have less children, American-born children, even going to school. Because, you know, people are not having children. Or, oops, I'm inconvenienced by a life force. I'll just terminate it in my womb. Because, heaven forbid, that I would take care of a child I created. I need to worry about my career. Public schools in the U.S. have lost almost 2 million students since the start of the pandemic. Prompting school districts across the country to actually close buildings because they don't have enough pupils To keep them open or funding to do so. We're talking huge numbers. Uh, For instance, Oakland, California closed seven schools because of the decline. St. Paul, Minnesota uh, closed five schools. And check this out County, uh, Colorado, outside of Denver, they voted a few months ago in November to close 16 schools. And of course, Where are these students going? Charter and private schools. Many of them uh, with a more moral background. For instance, I homeschooled all four of our children and they're doing quite well. Juniorette, who reports over at the BCP Report. Please don't forget to check out the BCP Report, our other channel, where Juniorette uh, has had several reports for you over the weekend. She is in her early 20s recently married and about to graduate from college. And she was homeschooled and she's uh, one of the top in her class. I'm not saying that because she's my daughter. She really is. She's already had success in what she is pursuing. Well, other kids, I say kids, but other pupils are waiting to get their degree to start working and doing things in the field in which she's studying. She's already been doing those things. Because one thing that you learn when your children are indoctrinated are not indoctrinated by the school system, where you just go step line, step line, step line, step line, go to school, get a career, get a job. She thought outside the box and has pursued other opportunities while still in school to do the things that she wants to do, even when she gets a degree. Now, of course, I'm not just having a a, 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 a proud daddy moment. I'm just showing the power of when your children are an environment, a learning environment that is not the public school system that is just training them to be worker bees and ants. What we did when we homeschooled our children is we went and got curriculum help through a charter school. So I'm a big supporter of charter schools. I came from a working class family, but I got a great education in the LA Unified School District. Why? Because they had a magnet school program and I didn't have to go to the failing junior high in my area. I was bused to a more affluent area and went to a better junior high. And that was in the LA Unified School District. But when I did my kids, we worked with a charter school program. We got a whole bunch of other families, got together twice a week at a local Church of Christ. So there were kids that were going to school with my children of all faiths, but they were it was Christian. Uh, they were Christian children for the most part. Uh, a, a few uh, Muslims and Orthodox Jews as well because they wanted to have children in a moral, a, a moral uh, environment with children with the same morals. And we could control outside of the basic reading, writing, and arithmetic. So I think this is absolutely fantastic. Let me move on to the next story. I I feel very passionate about this, if you can't tell. If there's any way you can t- take your kids out of the public school indoctrination, do it. They'll be smarter. And it's tough. And it's a sacrifice. Mrs. BCP did not work those years. Her work was with our children. And future generations will be blessed because of my wife's Sacrifice. All right, folks, there's bad news for a January 6th defendant named Joseph Biggs and Alex Jones. A judge, right at the end of the week, ordered the law license of Alex Jones' lawyer, Norm Pattis, to be suspended. Why? Well, this six-month suspension is for releasing confidential Sandy Hook files. Now, Pattis claims he mistakenly released the sensitive files, which included two years of Alex Jones' texts and some medical records of the Sandy Hook families. But the judge threw the book at him said, nope, you can't make these kind of mistakes, and he suspended Pattis' license for six months. Now, Pattis didn't just represent Alex Jones. He, uh, he's actually one of the more successful and sought-after attorneys in his state. He was also representing January 6th defendant, Joseph Biggs. NBC is reporting a judge has suspended the law license of Norris Pattis, Alex Jones attorney for six months after he allegedly released unauthorized files. The files released include the medical personal medical records of several Sandy Hook families during the Connecticut defamation case. Quote, simply put, given his experience, there is no acceptable excuse for his misconduct. Judge Barbara Bella said in a courtroom decision released uh, on Thursday. Once again, Pattis is one of the state's most well-known defense attorneys. He's going to appeal the decision. Let's see what happens. But that's how they do it, folks. Like, I, it's, I've i covered this in the past. They don't just want to go after Trump and his surrogates, like Lieutenant General Michael Flynn or people on his, uh, in his inner circle, Manafort and all this kind of stuff. They want to destroy them economically. And we've seen this. Uh, we've seen this happen to Rudy Giuliani and others. They want to take away their law licenses. They want to... Get, take away their livelihood and sully and muddy their name. They want no one to question their narratives or their power. So even if you just quietly try to go away, they will still go after you and crush you so that if anybody else thinks of opposing the deep state, they say, well, I don't know if I want to get, get uh, destroyed, bankrupt, and my family threatened. I'll just shut up or I won't even pursue any of these things. That's how Marxist bastards operate. All by design, folks, to quiet dissent and to punish people for wrong think. Okay, folks, we're getting some new, very maddening details about Lieutenant Mike Byrd, the Capitol police officer who murdered 98 pound, defenseless, unarmed Ashley Babbitt. Let me tell you right now, because I see this almost every single time in the comments. Ashley Babbitt wasn't CIA. This is she uh, the, she is a real person and she really was shot unarmed. I've seen the video several times. I don't know what people are saying. They're going, "Oh, she's in, in, in you know, it was all staged or whatever." Okay, no it wasn't, folks. Michael Byrd is a murderer and he killed Ashley Babbitt in cold blood in the US Capitol. For those of you that don't know the story then they try to hide who michael bird was for a long time and many people figured it out i reported on our other show maybe even here on youtube very early on when they were trying to hide his name that it was it was it was mike bird a lot of people had deduced that by looking at the picture and Mike Bird had been in pa- uh, in trouble in the past. He's a very bad police officer, leaving his gun in public places and public restrooms fully loaded. And he had other issues as well. Oh, but boy, did the guy make out like a bandit! So, he- here's what we have. Once again, kudos to Tom Fitton and those over at Judicial Watch who did the heavy lifting here. Judicial Watch released documents that revealed that U.S. Air Force spent tens of thousands of taxpayer dollars to house Mike Byrd after he murdered Ashley Babbitt in cold blood. Judicial Watch announced that it had received 31 pages of documents from the Department of Air Force Joint Base Andrews that show U.S. Capitol Police Lieutenant Michael Byrd was housed at taxpayer expense at Joint Base Andrews after he shot and killed US, U.S. Air Force veteran Ashley Babbitt inside the U.S. Capitol on January 6, 2021. Check this out. The records were obtained in response to a September twenty twenty two Freedom of Information Act because they there was a previous one that they ignored. So there was a lawsuit filed after Joint Base Andrews, the civil rights division the civil rights division of the Justice Department and the FBI failed to respond to three July twenty twenty two FOIA requests about birds housing at Joint Base Andrews. This all happened while they were trying to hide his name as the shooter, by the way. And when the name came out, he was immediately exonerated. In his complaint, Judicial Watch explained to the court that it had asked all three government agencies for all records relating to the billing of and the housing of Bird at Joint Base Andrews during the period from January 6, 2021 to July 2022, including authorization papers, housing, meals, transportation, and visitor logs. Now, this is very interesting. According to this summary, the documents show that Lieutenant Bird and a pet, no pun intended, even though his last name is Bird, but it's B-Y-R-D, Lieutenant Bird and a pet stayed at a distinguished visitor suite at the Presidential Inn, which is part of the Air Force Inns, under a Capitol Police Presidential Inn reservation for the period of July 8th, 2021, All the way through January twenty eighth, 2022, over six months, he got special housing for being a murderer, protecting him, getting him out of the public eye, and protecting him. I wonder what kind of uh, secret kickback and comfort care Ray Epps is receiving that we don't know about. All right, folks, we also have these uh, newly discovered emails in Missouri and Louisiana. This has to do with the government lawsuit that was filed by Louisiana Attorney General Jeff Landry back in May of 2022 and former Missouri Attorney General Eric Schmidt. I say former because now he's a senator. They filed a lawsuit alleging that the President of the United States and senior officials in the Biden administration violated the First Amendment by directing social media companies to censor viewpoints that conflicted with the government's messaging on the virus and other topics that were big topics in 2020, let's say November 2020 and beyond. Okay, so Dr. Fauci, Nina Jankowitz, Vivek Murthy, and Karine Jean-Pierre were served subpoenas, along with other Biden officials. Also, the five social media giants, as well as the CDC and other medical agencies within the United States. Now, this is what we found. On, on Friday, January 6th, I'm telling you, a lot of news came out on January 6th while we were focused on, rightfully so, on what was going on at the House. Louisiana Attorney General Landry released communication between Joe Biden's Director of Digital Strategy, Joe Flaherty. And in this, we can see that they were pressuring Facebook to censor Tucker Carlson on Fox News. And then there's a second email in which they contact Facebook. And I would like to I, I I the first take I did of this episode, I actually read the letter and I go, I probably shouldn't read the letter because there's some trigger words in there that this platform doesn't like. But let's just say that Tucker Carlson and Tommy Lairin were had some opinions about the plague and certain injections that they didn't that, that was contrary to what the Biden administration was saying. So the director of digital strategy uh, there in the Biden camp was trying to get Tucker Carlson censored on Facebook. Wow. And that's not all. Jeffrey, Jeff Landry also released a Facebook document that, was, that document tells the White House how they can censor Robert Kennedy Jr.'s Children's Health Defense Fund. Like I told you, they just they don't go after you, they go after your family and your livelihood. When you piss the deep state off, they go for broke. They want to destroy you and send a message to anybody else that's even think of stepping up. This also leads us into what happened with Jen Psaki. Let me give you the short version. Jen Psaki was not only deposed, she was supposed uh, uh, she got a subpoena, she was supposed to give a deposition. Well, why why is Jen Saki's deposition very important? Because she was a public face of the Biden administration and she was out there daily giving information or the narrative some would call it what some would call it misinformation or disinformation, but she was giving information about the virus it's alleged cure and what the official narrative is of the deep state regarding the plague and she was very vocal in that social media should be curbing opinions that were contrary to what the Biden regime people wanted what the what the Biden regime wanted people to hear and follow the suit alleges a massive coordinated effort by the permanent administrative state to work with big tech to censor and manipulate Americans from average citizens to news outlets on issues including the Hunter batting a laptop from hell, what happened a couple years ago, origins of the virus, and all the skepticism that has to do with that issue and the issue of the injections. As Press Secretary Saki spread daily, this information. And what happened was they were trying the the federal district court said that she had to be deposed. So this prompted her lawyers to petition a small panel of judges on the Fifth Circuit of, Court of Appeals asking them to block the deposition. The the judges originally said, "Look, we're not going to block the deposition, but we're going to ask the trial courts to find another way to get Jen Psaki's information without deposing her." So kudos to the uh, to the courts there in this was uh, the courts of Louisiana, the federal district court. That's a trial level court in Louisiana. They said nope, she's got to be deposed. So what happened is the same panel of Fifth Circuit judges, which included Stephen Higginson, appointed by Obama, Edith Clement appointed by George H.W. Bush, and Leslie Southwick, appointed by George W. Bush, you know, deep state controlled judges, formally blocked Jen Psaki's deposition the second time around. But here's the, here's the kicker. They use a procedural move that prevents the matter to going to the full Fifth Court Circuit of Appeals. If you recall, we looked at one of these cases last year, in which they went originally to the to the three judge panel. The three judge panel uh, ruled something, and then they were able to appeal it to the entire Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals. Where well, what they did here is they blocked Jensaki from having to have you know be deposed and give a deposition, but then they used this procedural move so that this can't even be appealed to be heard by the full Circuit Court of Appeals. I'm not a lawyer. I don't know how they do it, but I do know this. This is yet another example of the two-tier justice system in the United States of America. It was a corrupt, bogus order that protects the Biden regime. Speaking of the uh, Biden uh, regime, there are several reports, uh, including at Breitbart and The Hill, that says that Joe Biden is getting close to announcing his intentions to run for re-election. It may be happening following his current family vacation. It could be maybe in or around the time of the State of the Union address in February, or it might be as late as April. But there seems to be a lot of inside buzz to different news outlets that in fact Joe Biden is nearing his 2024 campaign announcement. Oh joy, I'm sure you're all thrilled, all 82 million of you. Now, Joe Biden should be impeached, in my opinion, and so should Alejandro Mayorkas, his secretary of DHS. I just want to read you two, uh, the, the first paragraph of this report. So on Friday, Alejandro Mayorkas, the DHS secretary, was on morning edition over on NPR. That's the, that's the setting the stage. Listen to this ridiculousness. He states that he believes that changes in the Biden administration policies will start to turn more people away at the border because of the additional Title 8 authority, will decrease the flow of people at the U.S.-Mexico border, help cut smuggling networks out of the process of migration, and disincentivize people from taking the dangerous journey to the border. So in a low-key way, he's actually admitting that they are incentivizing people to come to the U.S. border. But here's the kicker. This is all I tell you all of that to tell you this. He stated the, he stated Mayorkas did that the plan had been in the works since September of 2021. All smoke and mirrors, folks. Yeah, uh, a year and a half. Uh October, November, December. Okay, a year and a quarter to implement that plan. We've been working on it since September of 2021, Mallorca said. What malarkey. They ain't working on Jack. They work on the destruction of America, that's for sure. By the way, because of this weak uh, Biden regime, who is very friendly and controlled by China, it's not just the U.S. who is facing more threats from our common enemies, foes, and opponents, if you will. But check this out. A Chinese geolocating tracking device was discovered in a British government car. Folks, this is a car that had been used to transport intelligence officials and other high ranking government officers, and they had a Chinese geo tracking locating device. According to a report, government cars have been dismantled surgically down to the last nut and bolt by intelligence officers after Chinese SIM card with the capability of transmitting location data was found hidden in a car used by senior politicians and diplomats. Wow. The tracking device, it's a SIM card or some kind of SIM, gives the ability to survey government over a period of months and years, constantly filing movements, constantly building up a rich picture of activity. Wow. The UK is not the only one facing this. All right, folks, let's end with some positive news. Lieutenant General Flynn is back on Twitter. He tweeted out, I want to personally thank Elon Musk for all he is doing to help protect our basic human rights, especially our freedom of speech. And thanks for allowing me back on Twitter. To all who offered their strong voices of support to bring me back, thank you. God bless America. If you recall, it was two years ago that Lieutenant General Michael Flynn was banned after the January 6th activities in which they said that he had a part in it and that he was planning even more. So they just took him off of Twitter and now he's back and I did nothing and I'm still not back on Twitter. Uh, folks, I know i do not not as famous, don't have the gravitas of one Lieutenant General Michael Flynn. I'm just saying, sure taking a long time. So, of course, the left were going crazy. One person said, Elon Musk seems to have chosen the second anniversary of the January 6th attack to restore the Twitter account of a retired general uh, denier, conspiracy pusher, and martial law supporter Michael Flynn. Classy. Another hateful liberal said, Retired General Michael Flynn is a legit domestic terrorist and QAnon follower. Elon Musk is reinstating traitors while not letting liberal accounts back on his platform. This expletive, he uses a very, very, very strong vulgar word, should be recalled and stripped of all military benefits for his crimes against America. This is in response to someone who tweeted out General Flynn's account being back with a Ukrainian flag. Crazy. Absolute nuttery. And there you have it folks. That's the news I have for you in this edition. Please don't forget to like, share and subscribe and check out our two other programs. The BCP report links and everything are down below in the description or in the first pinned comment down below. We have our our sister channel here, the BCP BCP report in which my eldest daughter in her early 20s about to graduate from college reports the news with no commentary. She gets to the point and gives you the information you need to know and moves on to the next story. And I also have my other show called BCPN Filtered in which I report on the topics I can't cover here on this platform. Check them both out. It's down below in the link. Have a great weekend.